to the book of Genesis chapter number 45. Genesis chapter number 45. And we're going to look at verse number 1. Genesis chapter 45, verse number 1. Uh, this account in chapter 45 is the story of Joseph, who is revealing himself as his long-lost brother to his 11 brothers who sold him as a slave. And this is the account where Joseph is revealing himself to his brothers. And um, they are astonished and shocked that the man that they're getting bread from now in Egypt was their 17-year-old brother at the time when they sold him as a slave. So Genesis chapter 45, if you're there, say amen. Amen. You know, he's still risen today, ain't he? He is. Last Sunday was Easter. I'm glad he's still alive, aren't you? He's still alive today. Amen. Genesis chapter 45, verse number 1. The Bible says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. They, they, they probably thought they'd seen a ghost. In verse number 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? I'm your brother, you sold me. You remember? Last time I saw you guys, you sold me as a slave. It's me. But verse number five, where we want to uh, draw the sermon from. Joseph said, Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, tonight it will be used to the edification of your church, to your people. Bless us, Lord, and help us. Have your word to have an eternal impact on us here tonight. We love you so much, Jesus. We worship you and thank you and praise you. In your name, Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Did you catch it in verse number 5? Look what Joseph said. Joseph said, you sold me, but God sent me. You sold me, but God sent me here. Isn't that interesting? Joseph is saying, you all sold me as a slave... But God sent me here as a slave. You sold me, but God sent me. That's a paradox, isn't it? How can those two things be at the same, be true, both of them true at the same time? His brothers really did sell him as a slave, but God really did send him to Egypt. You see, that verse alone, if you're struggling tonight as a Christian, that verse can help you understand why you struggle sometimes. That helps make sense of the of the hardship of life. That helps you understand that there are things going on that are difficult, they're hard, they're hard to bear, they're hard to understand, they're hard to get through, they're hard to live with, right? I was talking to someone that was, I think it was yesterday or Friday. I said, life's just hard, isn't it? It was Friday. Life's hard, isn't it? Can you say amen about that? Isn't that true? Life is hard. It is hard. It sure is. Why do things happen the way they do? Why do we go through the things that we go through? 
Life sure is hard. But can you also say this, but the Lord is good, isn't he? Now, how can those two things be? How can life be hard and the Lord be good at the same time? See, Joseph is dealing with that, that subject. Joseph is saying, hey, listen, guys, you remember me? You sold me as a slave. I feel like shocked. It's me, Joseph, your brother. You sold me as a slave. Listen, you sold me as a slave, but God sent me. That's incredible, isn't it? That Joseph realizes that the struggles of life are for God's good will in his life. That the struggles that Joseph endured was for God's good eternal purposes. That Joseph went through things for the Lord's glory. That Joseph endured hardship for God's plan to be accomplished. We could say it this way, that Joseph was a chosen vessel to suffer for the name of God, for God's will to get done. And to understand that, and Lord help me here I pray, we need to go back a little bit to understand this story. You see, God said that God would preserve Jacob's family. Now, he said it in our text. He said, for God, verse 5, did send me before you to preserve life. And that's what Joseph is saying. Listen, brothers, God had me go through this and you go through this. This was God's will for lives to be saved. But it was God's will to preserve Jacob's family. If you turn with me to the book of Genesis, we're in there already. Genesis chapter number 22, though. Genesis chapter number 22, look what God promised Abraham. Now, you know this, don't you? That God is the God of Abraham and what? Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob is the father of Joseph. So God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But look what God told Abraham. God told Abraham way back in Genesis chapter number 22, verse 18. He promised him this. He said, Abraham, I'm going to promise you something. And here's what I'm going to promise you, Abraham. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So God promised that Jacob would be preserved. God promised that Joseph would be preserved. And if all the nations are to be blessed, that means that Jacob's and Joseph's family has to be preserved. So what is God up to? God is in the business of keeping his promise. Amen? God is going to keep his promise. And there's a couple, there's some things you can count on in this life. You can count on taxes. Amen? But you can count on this. God will keep his promises. He will keep his word. Now, God had several conversations with Abraham, and one of them was this in back in Genesis chapter number 15. Back in Genesis chapter number, excuse me, Genesis chapter, yes, chapter 15, God promised that Abraham's family is going to go and be a servant and a slave in Egypt. Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed, remember, through Abraham, thy seed, that's Joseph and Jacob, his family, of know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. 
and also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge, and afterward they shall come out with great substance. Now we know, hindsight's twenty twenty. we know here that God is telling Abraham about Egypt, that your people are going to be slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. So remember what Joseph said, Joseph said, and Genesis 45, verse 5, God did send me. Now, God has to get his people down to Egypt, don't he? God promised you're going to be a slave for over 400 years, but I'm going to preserve life, and I'm going to keep you alive, and Abraham, through thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So what's God got to do? God has to get Jacob's family, which is Abraham's family, down in Egypt. Now, how's he going to do that? We know that Jacob had a dream, didn't he? Joseph had a dream. And Joseph dreamed he had 11 brothers. He dreamed that his 11 brothers were going to be subordinate unto him. And that made his brothers angry, didn't it? I mean, they were jealousy. And jealousy will make you do some crazy stuff, won't it? Amen? And so Joseph's brothers were so jealous over Joseph. What they do? They sold him as a slave. What's God doing? God is getting his people down in Egypt, and Joseph even has no idea, right? Now, in order for, in order for to get Jacob down to Egypt too, we got to get Joseph hooked up with Pharaoh, don't we? And so then we know that Joseph was sold as a slave into Potiphar's wife. Look how God works. And this is taking years to be accomplished. Listen carefully. Joseph was sold as a slave to a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife liked Joseph a bunch. And she said, lie with me, Joseph, lie with me. And Joseph wouldn't because he maintained his character and he maintained his integrity. And even without accountability partners, even without nowhere near his church or his family, he said, I can't do this sin in the sight of God. And you know what she did? She accused him, we know the story, of rape. And what does Potiphar do? He sends him to prison. Now, we've got to get Joseph and Pharaoh hooked up if we're ever going to get Jacob and his family down in Egypt. And all at the same time, you know that Pharaoh, his butler, and his cupbearers were thrown in prison, maybe an attempted assassination plot, but one of them was innocent, and it was the cupbearer, and he had a dream, and he told Joseph, and Joseph told the cupbearer, you're going to live, and he told the butler, you're going to die, and sure enough, three days later, the cupbearer lived, and the butler died, and then what happened, Joseph said, hey, remember me, please, I'm in prison, remember me, please remember me, but you know the story that the cupbearer, he forgot about Joseph, didn't he? But God didn't forget about Joseph. And so then Pharaoh, he had a dream. And the cupbearer remembered, I know there's this Hebrew boy in prison, and he can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh said, go get him. And Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. And now Joseph is elevated second in command of all of Egypt. And wouldn't you know it, now there's a famine in the land, and Jacob's getting hungry. And Jacob gets so hungry, and he hears that Egypt is overflowing with grain and overflowing with bread, and to beat all, he don't know it at the time, Jacob, but it's because of his son, Joseph, who he thinks is dead. You know, you might think your life has fallen apart, but the truth is, God is piecing it and holding it together the whole time, and you don't know it. You know it? And so Jacob is starving, and he says, go down there to Egypt. They got a bunch of bread, and they go to Egypt, and who does Joseph see down there in Egypt? His brothers. 
finds out he has a younger brother. He says, I want to see Benjamin. And then Benjamin comes down to Egypt. And that's how Joseph gets Jacob down to Egypt for the scriptures to be fulfilled and to preserve life. So the truth is this. It's true. Yeah, you sold me as a slave, brothers, but God sent me down here. God was in charge of it all along, wasn't he? And that's what you and I need. What do we take from that? We need to understand that, that God has been in charge all along, hadn't he? He's been in control the whole time, hadn't he? What do we take from that story? First of all, wow, God is in charge, isn't he? God is in control. We need to stop for a moment and say, praise the Lord. When it don't look good, he's still in charge, right? We we need to say, wow, look what God did through the generations. Yeah, you sent me as a slave, you sold me as a slave, but God sent me here. That God is impressive, isn't he? Can't you do that? Can't you look back at your life from this point on and say this about the things you've been through, how God has carried you through, and God's delivered you, hadn't he? Can't you say this? Wow. Wow. How many of, how many of us could say there are certain situations, that maybe you know the details. It's a complicated story, isn't it? It takes years to unfold. If there's so many moving parts, you have to take a moment and consider it. Can't you do that about your life and say this? Wow. God's been good to me. Everything seemed to be falling apart, but God was in charge, wasn't he? Everything was unsteady, unsure, unlivable, but God was in charge the whole time. Amen? What do we take from that? Wow. Praise the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. Secondly, and this is a four-part answer, what do we take from this story? Number two, today's circumstances aren't part of the whole story. So if you look at Joseph's life, at one moment you could say, at any moment in Joseph's life during this time, he's a, he's a slave. Imagine, I don't know how many days it takes to get from, a, from, a, from a Syria and Israel, J- Jerusalem area, to Egypt, but they ain't flying in a plane. And I'm sure they're not really concerned about Joseph's comfort. How many times, how many hours in that trip has Joseph said this to himself, my life has fallen apart? How many times has Joseph been discouraged it's just the trip to get to Egypt he has no idea where he's going has no idea what's going to happen to him Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold as a slave he was 30 years old when he became second in command of all of Egypt I'm sure during those times we're looking at it from the whole week Joseph probably thought now I'm being accused of rape now I'm being thrown in prison now the butt, the, the cupbearer, he's forgot all about me. My brothers have sold Look at what he's dealing with. His brothers betrayed him. His dad thinks he's dead. His coat of many colors has been taken from him. He's been accused of a terrible crime. He's in jail, falsely accused. So what do we take from that? We take this. Today's circumstances in your life don't tell the whole story. Because God's got a better story than you. So what you're dealing with right now, you need to have hope and trust God that, yeah, you might be on your way to Egypt, but that's God's plan to get you to be second in command of Egypt. You're going as a slave, but God's going to use you to rescue your family. It's falling apart right now. That's your perspective. But God promised something three generations ago. He's going to fulfill it in your life today. 
So today's circumstances do not tell the whole story. So don't be discouraged because today's circumstances might be unbearable. That does not tell the whole story, does it? And you know this as a believer. You need to lay hold on everlasting life. If today is falling apart, don't you have a better bright tomorrow coming ultimately? That does not tell the whole story. You are a child of God. You've been bought with a redeeming price. Your story ends up in glory. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not told so, I would have told you so. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. That's the story, amen? I like his story better, don't you? So what do we take from this, this story? You sold me, but God sent me. What do we take from this? Today's circumstances don't tell the whole story. Amen? Trust God. Number two, if you're a Christian, if, if you're a Christian, while you're turning to Romans chapter number eight, if you are a Christian, God is right now, currently, working things out for your good. If you're a Christian. You might say, well, you don't understand what I'm facing. Listen, if you are a child of God in the midst of your trial, God is currently right now working things out for your good. He is right now. Let me say it again because I think it's important that you hear it. If your life as a Christian today is struggling, in this same moment right now, God, and I don't know how he's doing it because it's complicated, but in this moment right now, in the midst of your trial as a believer, God is currently in the midst of your affliction working things out for your good. Amen. He is. Amen. Romans eight twenty eight, of course, which is the greatest one-verse commentary and summary of the life of David. And we know, Paul said, that all things work together for good to them that love God. Now, do you love God? Are you a believer? Have you trusted in Jesus? Then know that all things work together for good to them, to who? To them, to those that are in Christ as believers, to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. I know they sold you as a slave, but God sent you. I know they did this to you, but God is greater than the devil's intentions or will for your life. I know that it's been hard, but God is good, and God is good all the time. Amen? Even now, and maybe your storm's going to be tomorrow, but even now, God is working all things together for the good. Look at verse number Romans chapter number 8. Look, if you will, also at verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, think of Joseph in prison, accused of rape, forsaken and betrayed of his brothers, away from his father. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
the, the question must come to our mind is this. Is God in charge of your life or isn't he not? Is God in charge or is he not? And he is. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? What do we make of the story of Joseph? If you're a Christian, God is working things out for the good. Right now. Right now, he's doing it. Number three, what should we make of this? The Lord is with you. While you're turning back to Genesis. The Lord is with you when you may not realize it. The Lord is with you. I'm glad of that, aren't you? Like Brother Bunny used to sing, he walks the dark hills, don't he? He does. He's there. He's here tonight. He's in the midst of your storm. What do we make of this story of Joseph? The Lord is with you when you may not even realize it. Look at, look at Genesis chapter number 39. Genesis chapter number 39. So Joseph arrives in Egypt. He's a slave. He's been sold. Now he's a slave. He's got two things he's dealing with. Why did my 11 brothers, why did they sell me as a slave? And then number two, the new reality of his life is that now he's a slave. The fact that he is one. So he goes to Egypt as a slave, but verse number two, this is inserted into the story. And the Lord was with Joseph. Probably didn't feel like it, did it? Because, you know, there is, a, there is a sect of false prophets and doctrine that teach that if you're a Christian, it's going to be great. That's not true, is it? If you're a Christian, you're going to have health, wealth, and prosperity. Listen, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I'm still looking for all that stuff, ain't you? I went to the eye doctor the other day, and I have my prescriptions getting worse. <laughs> and I told my eye doctor immediately, I quoted to him this great passage. I said, though the outward man perish. It's true. Amen. I'm sure Joseph did not think this. But in spite of him being introduced to his new family that he's going to be a slave to, and the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is with you. He is tonight. Look at chapter number 39 again. Look at verses 20 and 21. Verses 20 and 21, Genesis chapter number 39. He's just been accused of sexual assault. And verse number 20, it was going good actually. He was getting along with Potiphar and things were great. Verse number 20 though, and let me pause here because why? God is... He's, his, he, God's will for Joseph is not that he has a good time in Potiphar's house. God's will for Joseph is that he get hooked up with Pharaoh so then he can save Egypt from famine so he can get hooked back up with Jacob and bring his family back to Egypt to preserve life. And number two, God said they're going to be in bondage and the greater will of that is that God is going to birth the nation Israel through great power by delivering them out of Egypt. So the plan is not that Joseph is comfortable in Potiphar's house. So the plan for your life as a believer is not that you just enjoy earth and then go to heaven. That's not the plan. God has an eternal specific purpose for your life and it is not for you to never have nothing bad happen to you. That's not the plan. 
And I know often we think that it is, and something bad happens to us, and we think, what is happening? I thought that my, this, you think this wasn't part of the plan. And sometimes we are devastated when we find out that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways, and we really thought that we're spo- it's just supposed to be cool forever in Potiphar's house. It's going to get worse now. It's getting worse for Joseph, isn't it? But look at the underlining truth. Verse 20, Genesis 39. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. I mean, that's bad, isn't it? Could you imagine that? It's not like today's prison. A place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in the prison. So now verse 20, he is there in the prison. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. But look at verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is with you even when you don't realize it. The Lord is with you when your life has fallen apart because really it's not. How can we come to that conclusion? For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to those who are called according to your purpose. Your life as a believer cannot in Jesus fall apart. It can't. Your life in Christ cannot fall apart. It can't. Now your idea of life might. But God's will for your life cannot fall apart. It can't. It won't. It won't. So, Joseph's now in prison. When's this going to end? But here's the amazing common denominator in the midst of Joseph's struggles, but the Lord was with Joseph. He's with him. Number four, well, how do we respond to this? What do we learn? That God has a plan for your life. That's what we learn. This is not what Joseph would have planned. Would you agree with that? So Joseph had a dream. Here's his dream. Once he, he dreamed that, that the moon and the sun and these 11 stars are going to bow down in his presence. And his brothers are like, what? He said, I got another dream. I got a dream that uh, all my other, my 11 brothers, like we're going to be she- uh, big old sheaves of wheat. And you all are going to, I'm going to be in the middle and my, my pile of wheat's going to get big. And you all are going to fall down and pay, pay, uh, pay homage to me. And isn't that what they did but is that what Joseph dreamed? Here's my plan. This is, I guarantee you Joseph didn't say this. when he let, let, let's, let's act as if he come to Jesus in 1987. You know what I'm going to do for Jesus? I'm going I'm to be, I'm gonna be uh, forsaken by my church family. My brothers are going to sell me as a slave. I'm going to be accused of a crime. I'm going to go to prison. It's going to be great. That's not Joseph's plan for his life. Your plan for your life is God's plan for your life. As a believer, it's he's the Lord and you are not. Amen. So how is that comforting? Because when things go south, according to my perspective, I have to tell myself this and believe it. That must not have been God's plan for my life. When things change, you have to trust God in that moment. Because that must be what God's plan for your life is. They 
sold him, but God sent him. So what's that mean? So God can take, can take all of the catastrophes, the question marks, the concerns, the weird stuff, the, the things that may never be answered in this life, and God is saying this to us as believers, I'm using all of that for the good, and just like I promised them to Abraham, you might not see it in your lifetime, but I'm going to keep my word, and it might be your great-grandkids. God works on a big scale, and we work on a small scale. God does stuff generations ago that are being fulfilled in this hour. Granny, great, great, great granny prayed, and probably that's why you're saved. See how it works? God works through to posterity. God works in tomorrow. God works into next year. And yet in this moment, God is doing something in this moment, this hour, that's going to affect something 10 years from now. That's how God works. And all the stuff that happens in between now and then, yeah, they sold me as a slave, but God brought me here. And God sent me here. I was, I'm so appreciative of the, the song that, that Liz sung. There's an interesting detail I, I noticed this afternoon when I was reading this in Joseph's life. And I'm going to share it with you and then we'll be through. Liz sung uh, every, every step that I take, every turn that I make. I forget the rest of it. I have a terrible memory. But he's with me. And every step that I take, every turn that I make, he's the Lord. Amen? How did it go, Liz? Every step that I take, every move that I make, amen. Sorry to put you on the spot. Every tear that I cry. So what's she singing about? And we enjoyed it, didn't we? So let's live that. Are we enjoying the melody or her pitch? Or are we enjoying the words? Because we need to live that. Church should make sense. It's not just entertainment. It's not... It's, I, saw, I heard a while back, so I said, boy, the preacher, I don't talk about me, it was another preacher, I said, boy, he preached good, he preached good. And another man asked him, what did he preach on? They said, well, I don't know, but I mean, he was full of the Lord, and he was, he was running the pews, and he was shouting, but what did he preach on? I don't know, but he preached hard. He preached hard, but what did he say? What did he say? Was it edifying? Church should make sense. It should be in our lives. So every move that I make, every turn that I've already forgot it, but you get the point. You get the point. Look at this interesting detail of Joseph. Now imagine with me, Joseph in chapter 37, he's 17 years old. Put yourself in his shoes. He has no idea what's fixing to happen to him. That I can identify with, can't you? It could happen at any moment. God's will of providence turns slowly, but it turns. And at any moment, you've reached the exit. And you're living your life, you know. And the wills of God's providence and His promises are turning. And they are yea and amen. You know it? It happens because he decreed it and he keeps his word. And you might not know it tonight, but you have reached the point in the destination of God's plan for your life when it is fixing to take a dramatic change and shift. And you don't know it. You better trust in Jesus, amen, or you will go crazy. Lean not into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Okay, so, so imagine, Joseph, 17 years old, 
He's 17 right here. His dad said, go check on your brothers. Jacob said, go check on my sons. Joseph, 17 years old. They hate him. That's pitiful, isn't it? God meant, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Let me say something right here, too. You can't mess with God's plans just because you don't like something about it. Forget that. Say, I don't like him. Hey, you better be careful because that might be the Lord's anointed or that might be uh, David, you know, that might be uh, Lydia. That, that might be, I would really hate to know that in Nazareth I, uh, I treated Mary, the handmaid of the Lord, bad when the Lord hath chosen her, she's highly favored. You better be careful, you know, really. So Joseph, 17 years old. That's fine, though, because God will use it. Joseph, 17 years old. He says, okay, I'll go and check on my brothers. So Joseph goes. In verse 14, he said unto him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale, the vale or the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. So Joseph, he goes and looks for his brothers, and he thinks they love him. He thinks they care about him, and he's going to check on them, and he loves his dad, and he loves his family, and he's 17 years old, and he don't have no life experience. And in verse number 15, it says, A certain man found him, Joseph. And behold, he was wandering in a field. Think about that for a minute. Joseph's wandering in a field, 17 years old. He has no clue he's going to be accused of rape. He has no clue He's going to be sold as a slave here in just a minute. He has no clue at all he's going to be second in command of all of Egypt. He has no clue at all he's going to be in prison. He has no clue at all that he's going to interpret the dream of the butler and the dream of the cupbearer, and he's wandering in a field. He's 17 years old. Isn't that incredible? He's just walking around lost. I remember I said a minute ago, every step that I take, every move that I make, Joseph's doing, he's just wandering around a field. If you drove by him, you say, there's a boy out there in a field. There he is. You don't know what God's doing in that life. You have no idea. You have no idea what God is doing in your life here tonight. He's just wandering in a field. He didn't come from so, some big old jacked up high-powered church service. He's wandering in a field. And God made a promise to Abraham. And Joseph's run, wandering around in a field. And God said, I'm going to get my people through Jacob in Egypt, and they're going to be slaves, they're going to make bricks and straw, and I'm going to rise up a leader named Moses. He's going to deliver them through my high hand. I'm going to crush Pharaoh, and Egypt's going to be destroyed, and I'm going to drive my people into the wilderness. They're going to walk on dry land through the Red Sea. And there's Joseph, 17 years old. All of it hinges on this moment. And he's walking in a field. I find that interesting, don't you? Hey, God's in charge. He's in charge. He runs the show. Verse number 15, he was wandering in a field. And the man asked him, said, what seekest thou? We don't even know this man's name. He said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, they are departed hence. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. All of that all of that story turned on some stranger seeing a 17-year-old roaming around in a field looking for his brothers to check on them for his dad. It's not very dramatic, is it? Seems like an ordinary day. 
Seems like a life that's just lived. Just a boy roaming around in a field. And some stranger said, they're over there. Look how much God's will is on a razor's edge. The timing of that. What if that man never saw Joseph? What if Joseph was ten minutes early? Do you see how slick the Lord runs this? Do you see how fine-tuned His providence is? What do we learn from this? What do we make of all of this? God keeps His word. God's promises are eternal. And God can use all types of crazy stuff to get you where He wants you to be. And when you get there, He ain't really concerned that much about what happens, how comfortable you are. No, there is a plan for your life. And God help us to just be submissive and surrender as it comes. That's difficult, isn't it? But God was with Joseph. I don't know what my wandering in the field moment will be, and you don't either. Many of you could say, I remember that. It just If I'd have missed it by a second, but it works out in your life like that. How'd you get here tonight? You were wandering in a field. You're wandering in a field. And the Lord, through His mighty hand and providence, directed thy steps. You don't believe that? The Lord directs the steps of His people. He does. He does. Trust in the Lord, amen, and lean not unto thine own understanding. So look at your life, and you can all say, and I'm closing, can't you say this? Some of us can say, oh, that's hard. Some of us can say, that's been rough. One day we're all going to say, wow, wow. We're all going to say it. This story has been played out a million times in the saints of believers. That God used that to bring you to Jesus. That God used that to bring you to this place where your grandkid 40 years later could receive Christ as their Savior. You just wandering in a field, wasn't you? Just wandering around. Somewhere, some way, God lined it up. I love that He's like that, aren't you? I'm glad that He shepherds His people. I'm glad that He ordains my steps, aren't you? I'm glad I can trust in Him. He's the good shepherd. Oh, you think you're running around on your own? He said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice. And they are mine. He's in charge. Amen? Trust Him. It's comforting, isn't it? No matter what you face, He will bring it about to the, for the good. You just wait and see. You just wait and see. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. What song, Bryson? You just wait and see. And the Lord was with Jason. Amen? The Lord was with Ruth, with her. The Lord was with Sherry, with her. Sometimes it don't feel like it, does it? Does it, Debbie? It don't feel like it all the time. But he said, I will never leave thee. He said that, trusting, believe it. He said to Joshua, I know Moses is dead. It's going to be a tough transition period. They're going to doubt you a bunch. We love Moses. Yeah, they, they uh, murmured against him, didn't they? <laughs> they, loved, they, loved them. they love him after they're dead. <laughs> but Joshua, as I was with Moses, certainly I'll be with thee. 
I will never leave thee. I will be with thee. Surely I will be with thee. Surely I'll be with thee. Going to be some tough battles ahead, Joshua. And you trust, I'll be with thee. You know what we need to do? We need to go back and rewind and think about all the promises God has made to us and apply that to our current situation. While we're marching around Jericho, don't know why in the world we're doing it. It's been six straight days and we don't know what's going on. I will be with thee. You do what I say, I will be with thee. I will deliver thee. You do what I say, amen. Trust God, amen. Let's sing together.